For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back in, everybody. Believe in Patriots podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Brady Farkas, your host. You can find me on Twitter at WDEV Radio Brady. Also search for me on Instagram. Aaron Wells is our co-host. He'll be here momentarily. The Patriots are balling in free agency right now. As we tape this, they've signed nine players, more than $120 million in guaranteed money given out. Wow. And if you got that kind of cash, you should spend it responsibly at BetOnline. BetOnline.ag. We get ready for the NCAA tournament. You can place your wagers there safely and responsibly. Also start getting those future bets on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, baby, because it feels like we are back. So BetOnline.ag is the only place to get your responsible gaming done. Aaron, to the podcast. All right, it is the Believe in Patriots podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Patriots a day and a half into free agency. We are taping this on Tuesday, late afternoon, early evening, and the Pats are just crushing it right now. All right, audition. <laughs> just closed it. All right, it is the Believe in Patriots podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Patriots right now, day and a half into free agency, are just crushing it. They have signed nine players as we sit here on Tuesday uh, early evening. The big ones being tight end John U. Smith, formerly of the Titans. Also, uh, Hunter Henry, tight end, formerly of the Los Angeles Chargers. They go get some defensive help with Matt Judon and some defensive line help, and they go get Jalen Mills in the secondary. I welcome in our podcast co-host, Aaron Wells. Aaron the question is, how are you feeling right now about what the Patriots have done? I feel really, really good. Uh, we've got one of the biggest things we were missing last year was guys who could score red zone score red zone threats outside of Cam Newton were a big problem uh, for us, and we went and got two of them because Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are both very good in that area. Uh, don't count out the value of Kendrick Bourne either. I think he's a really, really good fit. And we got him at a good price. So I'm very happy about that signing as well. Uh, and then I really like what we've done on the defensive end with Judon. I think the Patriots fans should feel good. But I also offer a uh, you know a sobering reminder that like this is what bad teams look out for is free agency. Like good teams enjoy the season. Bad teams enjoy free agency in the draft. And because the Patriots were a bad team last year, that is why we are enjoying this as much as we are. I also am enjoying it. This is one of the most fun 24-hour stretches that I've had in sports radio and just seeing like the dollar signs, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching every five minutes here. But this is not something I want to be a regular occurrence for the Patriots. Um, I want them to develop through the draft. I want them to have a gluttony of home homegrown players. I want them to have young, controllable talent. And right now they have expensive talent. But that said... I want to ask you to start out with, what do you think the biggest motivation for this spending spree is? Why are the Patriots doing something that seems so out of character? 
Well, I think there was, for, for one, I, I think it's a mix of a number of things. I think Bill Belichick's pride probably has been hurt some by the fact that Tom Brady left and had immediate success. I think he doesn't necessarily have forever to build a new team. And then I think it's just a lot of these guys he got on relatively good deals. So I think it's sort of a mix of all the things people have been talking about more so than anyone. I think Mike Reese of ESPN had it the best. I really don't think this is that out of character for the Patriots. It seems out of character when you see the dollar amounts, but the Patriots have always been a team that can capitalize and exploit market conditions. And I think that's what they're doing, man. Like, for a long time, I thought the Patriots should just sign one-year stopgap players. And I still think they can do some of that if they want to. But the cap is going to go way up next year. And all of these guys, if they were free agents next year, we're going to get significantly more money. So what looks like an overpay right now, and maybe a slight overpay, might end up being a bargain next offseason. Oh, hey, they got Jalen Mills for $9 million guaranteed. Well, damn, guys that are worse than Jalen Mills are now getting $13 million guaranteed under next year's cap. So I think the Patriots are in a unique position to exploit the marketplace in a way that very few other teams are able to. And they're getting good players at this year's rates as opposed to at next year's rates, which are uh, significantly higher. And then there's also, I think, the issue of, especially with the offensive pieces, if you're going to go and get a long-term quarterback, most likely through the draft, then having guys locked up on longer than one-year contracts, I think, makes a lot of sense because they'll still be there when you decide to move on from Cam or whoever starts for the beginning of the year. Um, and yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense with the way the cap's going to be that they spread that money out. I think the Patriots, the key word I keep hearing everywhere is versatility. And we're not going to play the clips, but Albert Breer's talking about versatility. And Ian Rappaport's talking about versatility. And Tom Curran and Matt Phil Perry and everybody else who covers the Patriots keeps using that word versatility. And the Patriots acquired a lot of pieces that do that. Judon can play on the edge. He can play at linebacker. Aguilar can play outside. He can play in the slot. Jalen Mills can line up at safety, DB, or slot corner. Like Everybody they've gotten can do a bunch of different things, and I think that should have fans excited. Yeah, I'm really pumped about like Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are both guys who can do a lot of different things. Henry is not a great blocker, but he's an acceptable blocker. Jonu Smith's blocking has gotten better. They both are very good route runners for their size and can also just physically beat up on smaller defenders. Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar can both play inside and out and run a lot of different types of routes. Uh, Judon is very versatile and fits really well into the system because he is a guy who's both very big and strong and fast and also a guy who's very good in the mental game can do a lot of creative things will fit well into a multiple front defense like the Patriots and then Jalen Mills has played every position in the secondary over the last year so he's proven that he can literally play a number of different positions so all the guys we've gotten are guys who we're going to be able to put pretty much wherever we want to I think also the thing about the Pats is that they've invested in young talent and this is not what, you know, this isn't paying J.J. Watt $23 million guaranteed as he's on the back three of his career at this point. Mills is 26. Uh, Goodshow is 26, I believe. Dietrich Wise is in his mid-20s. Aguilar's 27. Bourne's 25. Henry's 26. Smith is 25. 
I don't believe that any of these guys, with the exception of uh, Henry Anderson, the D tackle, and Judon, are going to even see 30 on these Patriots contracts. So we've asked this team to get younger and more athletic, and Aaron, they've done that. They have, and these are guys who, if they perform well, could be re-signing in a few years, potentially. But even if they don't, we'll be getting some of their best years. How do you think Cam Newton felt seeing what the Patriots have done? Probably like he is, once again, going to be the guy who has who makes or breaks that offense. Because now he's got the weapons. It's really up to him to utilize them or get out of the way. The excuses aren't there for Cam this year. I'm with you on that. But I don't know that this adds any more pressure to Cam. I've seen all day people say, "Oh, Cam's got so much pressure now. Oh, Cam's got to Cam's got to prove that you know that 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 it, he could do it with the weapons." Well, yeah, but Cam already had pressure. He was already fighting for his career, as far as I was concerned. Um, you know, if Cam had a bad stretch of games or a bad season, he might be done in the NFL entirely. And he all look. He already replaced Tom Brady. That's pressure. He's already shown he can play for Bill Belichick. He's overcome that pressure. I think Cam is good under pressure. I think mentally he'll be okay under pressure. I don't know that just having a better team around him ratchets it up. If anything, it might insulate him a little further because they're not turning over this team with all these brand new toys to a 21 year old rookie in week two. I actually think Cam's going to get more time to grow with this team. Yeah, I think especially if you look at it from Cam's perspective as a guy who's very clearly very confident in his ability, I think getting the weapons actually probably relieves him of some pressure, at least within his own head, because now he probably feels like, hey, I can have a much better year, a bounce back year, now that I have guys around me who are legitimate talents. How do you think Tom Brady felt seeing what the Patriots are doing? Uh, probably good. I would guess for him, it's very easy to sit where he is and feel like this is a response to how successful he was in year one with Tampa. Yeah, I think that is exactly right. I think there are a lot of people who want Tom Brady to be upset that the Pats never did this for him. I think Tom Brady's pride right now is through the roof. Like, Hey, you saw that it was, you saw what I did there for 20 years and how I could maneuver any situation. I have caused them to have to become something they don't like to be. Like, usually we all sit back and laugh at teams that win free agency, and now the Patriots have to be that team. And if I'm Tom Brady, I'm feeling incredibly gratified that I'm the reason that that happened. I'm the reason they had to change their playbook. Yeah, it probably feels a little bit like uh, from where he's sitting, like he showed them that he's the, he was the reason they didn't have to spend before. Um, which probably feels great. <laughs> yeah, and I am so pumped for that game next year when the Bucks come to Foxborough. I think the NFL needs to put that game right up early in the season. I'm calling it, like, I want that to be the Pats' home opener. Sunday night football, hopefully by then full crowds. Sunday night football, 8 o'clock, the team, the Pats have all the, the, the upside still at that point. The NFL can't put that game in November and risk the Patriots being 4-9. and nine. They can't have that. Yeah, I think if you're going to get the most out of that matchup on national television, uh, it would be to do it very early when both teams still look like they're going to be really good. I think the Tampa will be good either way, but it's still a question mark for the Patriots. They have to actually put it all together. And you also want to have everybody be healthy. And, you know, knock on wood, yep. Brady has been healthy, but you don't want 
a 44-year-old quarterback. You don't want to bank on him playing the Patriots in December and not being available. So put it as early as possible. Fanfare will be the highest. Cam will still be the starter in week two. Brady will still be healthy, you know, God willing, in week two. And hopefully the crowd can be full. And I think that would be an unbelievable early season NFL matchup. Yeah, I'm very excited for that, too. I'm just in general excited for the season, though, right now. It looks like there's some legitimate hope for Pats fans. Does what the Patriots have done, does it make you more or less likely in your mind to try to draft a quarterback in the first round? Because for me, it's more likely. The Patriots have plugged every major hole that they have right now, as far as I'm concerned. So who, what, whatever singular player you could get at 15 is no longer a difference maker to me, okay? I've plugged, I've, I've helped the offensive line by bringing back Trent Brown. I've got a stopgap quarterback in there. I've got receivers. I've got tight ends. I've helped, I've upgraded on the defensive front. Hightower's back at linebacker, and I've gotten DB help as well. Nothing that I can do at 15 is a difference maker for me. So I want to trade up, and I want to get that quarterback because I think I can build for the future with him and then use the rest of my picks this year to augment this roster. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not only the holes they plugged, but who they plugged them with that sort of screamed to me that they intend to draft a quarterback because a lot of these guys, three out of the four uh, skill position guys that they got are very, very good down the field. Um, that being the two tight ends and Nelson Aguilar are all very good past you know 10 yards. Uh, and now the tight ends are good everywhere, but Aguilar's best used past 10 yards. So that screams to me that they intend to be more aggressive in the passing game within the next year or two. And that's probably not happening with Cam necessarily. So they, it seems to me like they intend to draft somebody and give them, you know, maybe a year or two at most. Aguilar was the most head scratching move to me of all. I think he doesn't really fit with what this team has been. You had, Six touchdowns last year of 20 yards or more, so he certainly is a guy who can go down the field. He had a 19 yards per catch average last year. Like He was a guy who was a home run threat. That's certainly not Cam right now, given the state of his shoulder. What I think the Pats should do is become a play-action team. I think they're still going to have the power running ability. Cam is still a threat in the run game. They've got the intermediate threats down. They've got the short threats down. And now if they can blow the top off occasionally with Aguilar and at least keep a defense honest, I think it helps open everything up. Yeah, I agree. I think signing two starting-level tight ends tells me they probably are looking to go back to more two tight end sets. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think not prioritizing yet getting James White back on means that they're probably going to prioritize more the classic backs. And all of that, to me, does scream a lot of play action in the pass game. Yeah, I think they should absolutely be a play-action team. Although I think every team should be a play-action team. Like, especially when you have a more limited quarterback. Like, I saw what Baker Mayfield did last year. I think they played out of play-action more than anybody in the league. Case Keenum, when he was with Stefanski, did the same thing. Like, play-action helps cover up some of the warts of your quarterback. And, and as much as I like Cam, there are still some warts there as well. Well, look at the Titans. The Titans yeah, have done a true. phenomenal job passing the ball, and Tannehill's by no means – a top five quarterback, but he sometimes looks like it the way that offense operates. Let me ask you about two guys on the team whose now statuses are up in the air. All this activity, what do you do with Stephon Gilmore at this point? Well, if you want to trade up and get a better quarterback, I think it's realistically going to have to be someone like a Gilmore involved in that trade along with picks. 
that's the only scenario where I think I'd trade Gilmore at this point now. I was all for trading Gilmore when it was, hey, this is a long-term rebuild. If this is, hey, we're trying to win the Super Bowl again, like you're going to need Stephon Gilmore there. Um, and Jalen Mills is not a good replacement for Stephon Gilmore. He's not a lockdown number one corner. So, yeah. And you're not finding that guy in the draft either this year and having him be great year one. So if I can get a quarterback – with Gilmore, then I would use it. But that's the only time I think I'd play that trade chip because now my expectations have completely changed again. Yeah, so I think the question marks are, do you, how much do you trust J.C. Jackson and how afraid are you that one of the two McCourty brothers will retire? Because Jalen Mills is not going to slip in and take the Gilmore spot if he gets traded, but someone's going to have to. So if you think you've got both of those brothers staying and you think you've got a really good corner long-term in J.C. Jackson, then I could see Mills sliding into the back of that group, and then you move Gilmore to trade up. Otherwise, you're probably better off keeping him because that secondary could get thin fairly quickly. Well, Jason McCourty is a free agent, so there's been a lot of talk that he won't be back in general. And then J.C. Jackson's a restricted free agent. The Pats haven't put a tender on him right now, so I'm not sure what they're going to do with him. So we'll see. Uh, you know, As we tape this here now on Tuesday night, there's been no movement on J.C. Jackson. What do you think with the addition of the receivers, what does it mean for Nikhil Harry? We've heard that there are as many as three teams calling the Patriots to try to trade Nikhil, trade for Nikhil Harry. And now I would say he's probably comfortably fifth on the depth chart right now. You've got Aguilar and Bourne, Myers, and Edelman, who you hope is healthy enough. So Harry's probably fifth right now. We haven't even hit the draft yet. What in your mind is all the do all the moves that receiver mean for Harry? Uh, I could very easily see them trading him. I think, as we've talked about in the past, he's not a great fit on the Patriots, but a guy with that much size and that much athleticism is, I'm sure, a draw to plenty of teams in a way that would make him a valuable trade piece. If you do keep him, there's some upside to that too because he's going to get more one-on-one matchups, which is much more uh, fitting for his style of play. But I think realistically, trading him is probably the best move. I need at least a third-round pick to do it. I know that sounds greedy based on his bad productivity, you know, only 45 catches in two years. But Harry is a guy that, uh, look, man, he's inexpensive, and that is valuable to teams right now. In this depressed market where teams can't pay top dollar for receivers, they need cheap, inexpensive talent. And I'm going to capitalize on that. If you can't overpay money-wise – you're going to overpay pick-wise to me. Nikhil Harry is now more expendable to the Patriots, but he's got three years left of team control. He's got a first-round body. Like He's got value to me also. And if you're going to take that value, then it's going to cost you at least a third-round pick as far as I'm concerned to get a seat at the table. I've heard other people say a third and a fifth is what they would do for Nikhil Harry. I'd probably let him go for at least a third, for just a third, but uh, I'm not just giving him away because I want him gone. Yeah, he's a, a, a interesting case of a receiver who I think is very talented, but simply not talented in the right way for his team. And I think that makes him a very valuable trade piece because I think there are plenty of teams that look at a guy with his size and his hands and his physicality and say, hey, he doesn't have to be able to run you know, really difficult routes. I just want to get him in one-on-one -on -one matchups and let him beat guys. Moving on here too, I was surprised to see the Patriots were interested in Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette at running back. 
And I love Carson, physical runner. Fournette, I'm not real high on. He did have a very good Super Bowl, though. But it's amazing to me that the running back room, which was the best positional group the Pats had last year on offense, I think in 24 hours has become the worst positional group they have on offense. The tight end group is very good now. The receivers group is certainly better and has depth. The running back room right now only has Damian Harris and Sony Michelle and maybe J.J. Taylor because James White's a free agent and so is Rex Burkhead. Yeah, and it doesn't feel to me very much like they're going to bring White or Burkhead back with all the money they've put other places um, in the, the way it looks like their scheme is potentially changing away from those guys' skill sets. Uh, I, it's interesting to me because I really like Harris, and when he's healthy, I like Michelle, and I think they fit what we would be doing in, in the hypothetical situation where we do more play action and more power run. But I think Carson and Fournette both also fit that scheme fairly well themselves. Michelle is an interesting case because the Patriots have to decide real soon if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. So if they're planning on de- on declining that, which I think I would imagine that they are leaning that way, well, then he's going to be gone after next year. So if you signed another running back maybe with you know a couple of years in mind, that's not really Fournette because of his age, but it probably could be Carson. I think you could, if you sign Carson for three years, well, okay, one of them overlaps with Michelle, and then Michelle's gone. You got Carson for two with Harris, and, and now maybe you are talking about a more long-term running back situation. But it's amazing to me. It, the thing it shocked me at first is that they're both physical power running backs, and I'm like, oh, hey, they'd be great in short yardage and goal line. Well, you already got Cam. Like, Cam is going to be that guy for you. Yeah, well, I think having multiple guys means that – you don't have another Seahawks situation where Cam Newton goes for to run the ball him himself in himself and everyone's already keyed on him because you have to respect other power runners down there too. And there are a lot of situations where that would be the case, short yardage situations for first downs and that kind of thing uh, where you would want to have multiple guys in the field who are seen as legitimate threats inside the tackles. What are your expectations now for the Patriots? Because mine are, my expectations are playoff team, contending for the division i still don't you know I don't, they don't have to win the super bowl to me they don't even have to win the afc east but my expectations are they are a playoff team who should have an opportunity to contend for the division title yeah i, I think that's where they are as well i think with all these pieces that they've picked up i think you really should expect this team to get into the playoffs somehow whether it be wild card or by winning the division and i don't know if they're going to win the division but being in the mix is at the very least what you would expect from a team with as much talent as they've added. The Bills are still really good. They were also freakishly healthy last year. You know, I don't wish injury on anybody, but at some point you probably got some attrition there. So maybe injury strikes them. They're also going to have a more difficult schedule. They're going to play a first-place schedule. The Patriots are going to play a third-place schedule. Um, So I, I think the Pats have some chances there to gain on Buffalo, and we'll see what happens. But I think the Patriots absolutely are a contender right now in the division. I don't think that they're better than Kansas City. I don't think they're better than Buffalo. I could see them being better than Cleveland, um, although I think Cleveland's done some nice things. Baltimore, I still think, is good. I think Pittsburgh gets a lot worse this year. You know, they've lost Bud Dupree, and they're going to lose Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger's another year older. So I could see the Patriots hovering around, you know, I could see them hovering around, you know, that five seed in the playoffs. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see them being a team, that a respectable playoff team come the playoffs, you know. I, so, I don't think that's crazy. 
We will see what happens, but we are excited about it. Patriots are spending money hand over fist, and who knows, they might have made another deal on the time we were taping this podcast. Very so, possible. <laughs> Aaron Wells is the uh, the co-host and the man behind the scenes. It's at 1013 Aaron WVT. I'm Brady. You can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, uh, Aaron, until next time, go Pats. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.